Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast. It is Holden Mavison, and it is a huge show. Jokic going to be named the MVP. Avs game number four tonight. Talk a little Rockies and some other things as well. Plus, my buddy Joel Rush from Forbes, he covers the Nuggets. He's going to join me. We're going to talk more about Jokic, and I'm going to read some tweets from some Sixers fans. They're not happy. And that doesn't bother me. Uh, but first, before we get into the Jokic deal, an Avs special on Bet Rivers. The Avalanche to cover the puck line and score over four and a half goals against the Predators, plus 188. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, let's get into the Jokic MVP talk. So when this is officially named, we will be cashing our plus 650 ticket on Nikola Jokic. You bet $10, you get... 65 back. You bet $1,000, you get 6,500 back. Anyways, 13th back-to-back winner, first Denver player in one of the four major sports to win back-to-back MVPs. Let's look at the resume here. He led an awful Nuggets roster to 48 and 34. And I say it's awful because they didn't have Murray and they basically didn't have Porter Jr. It's a regular season award, too. I want to remind anybody that doesn't think Jokic is the MVP because his team got beaten in the first round. It doesn't have anything to do with the playoffs. It has everything to do with the regular season. So if you think that uh, what he did in the playoffs should count, well, maybe you should go and celebrate the NBA Finals MVP more. And if Embiid wins that, congratulations. You can go have a good time. For those of you that think players and coaches should vote, because I'm hearing a lot of this, and I'm going to read some tweets, you're going to laugh. You you really are at some of the the lack of logic. But, you know, if you think that players and coaches should vote on this, they're even more biased than the writers. Could you imagine? Like, between the, the personal relationships that these players have. So, everybody, what, on the Sixers would vote for Embiid, and everybody on the Nuggets would vote for Jokic. And then Jokic's buddies on other teams would vote for him. And Embiid's buddies on other teams would vote for him. And then all the people, all the teams in the Western Conference that see Jokic more than Embiid, well, they're going to vote for Jokic. And everybody in the Eastern Conference that saw Embiid more is going to vote for Embiid. Now, you could kind of say that's the same way for the media. But uh, I do think there's more objective. um, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. There's more objective opinions in the media than there are from players and coaches. I truly believe that. And that's fascinating. <laughs> players and coaches are even more biased than most of the writers. All right, let's get into the nerdy stats because that is what the MV backers are going to be complaining about. Okay. And imagine getting this worked up about an MVP award in general. And then imagine getting this worked up about an MVP award and not actually having money on it, which is what happens with most people. Um, Basic box score statistics. What's that? Points, assists, rebounds. 27, 13.8, and 7.9. So let me round up or round down here. 27, 14, and 8 for Jokic. 
For Embiid, more points, 30 and a half. Rebounds, not as many, two less, 12. And then assists, I mean, it's not even close, four assists. We're basically looking at an eight to four uh, assists here. So Denver's number two scorer, Aaron Gordon. Let's talk about Gordon just for a moment here. He was asked to play the number two scoring role, right? He has no business being the number two scorer. Probably the number five, five scorer. Maybe a four or five scorer on a winning team. He scored 15 points per game. And that was the lowest number two scorer for any team in the National Basketball Association, okay? Now, here's the other thing I'm hearing. Well, Embiid scored more points than Jokic. Oh, well, that means you're the MVP then. Just give it to the scoring leader every single year, right, Philly fans? So let's get into the nerdy stats that everybody wants to make fun of. He finished Jokic, finished the player efficiency rating better than anybody else in the history of the game. P-E-R, player efficiency rating. What does that do? It takes all of a player's contributions and it jams it into one number. And if you know anything about baseball stats, think of war. Wins above replacement, okay? His per is 32.85, highest single season mark in NBA history. Wilt Chamberlain had the record. Now, of course, it wasn't around when Wilt was playing, but you figure out how to go back in time and adjust the numbers. Jokic, oh, here's the other one. He stinks defensively. He got pulled late in the game. All right, well, 538 is a pretty respectable numbers website, okay? And they have a thing called Raptor, and that incorporates data to approximate a player's value defensively, and he was the second most valuable defensive player in the league. Only behind Rudy Gobert, who, by the way, won the Defensive Player of the Year Award three times. Um, for those of you that think, oh, Raptors garbage, well, then Draymond Green, one of the best defenders in the NBA, he said Jokic has turned himself into one of the best defenders in the NBA. But you guys keep looking at one play late in the playoffs, late in the game, where one team went with a smaller lineup and they had to go out there and adjust the lineup late and still got Jokic out there offensively. You guys go look at that and ignore everything else that's going on as well. First player in NBA history, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists. His 43% assist rate, highest single season rate ever for an NBA center, ever in the history of the league. 43% 43% assist rate, but Joel Embiid scored more points per game. Jokic, league leading, 19 triple-doubles. I mean, double-doubles are great, but triple-doubles usually means that you are assisting and facilitating. The whole offense goes through Jokic. He's a better defensive player than Embiid. Come on. Now, I also want to say this. Who's more valuable? Who's more valuable? The 14th or the 2014 draft, okay? Who's more valuable? The 41st pick, who's going to be the MVP, or the third pick in 2014, who didn't put up quite as impressive numbers during the regular season? It's Joel Embiid. Here's another reason why he's the MVP. I'll go back to the draft. Oh, you can't go back to the draft. Oh, Philly fans, stop your whining. For those of you that don't want to accept statistics, you're probably the same people or you're the same breed of people that back in 2000 and 2002 and 2003 and then Moneyball comes out, you're saying, oh, baseball, you can't look at those stats. And now everybody accepts that there is an advancement in numbers to quantify how a player is performing. 
And these numbers say that Jokic is the MVP. Let's go look at some tweets here, okay? Because there's some really good arguments with Embiid and how he should be the MVP, okay? This is from Scoring Champ Season. Jokic was fully healthy and was still a first-round exit. Embiid won a scoring title, okay? He had a half a face and a concussion and one hand. Not to mention the last game they played, Embiid ruled Jokic. What's a Jokic, first of all? Uh, second of all, uh, he was a first-round exit. Jokic was. But this is not a postseason award. This is a regular season award. If it was a postseason award, then somebody else would win the MVP. And again, why don't you go bet on the NBA Finals winner? Yeah, bet on the NBA Finals winner if you want Joel Embiid to win an award. And he might not make the finals. So that's your best plan of attack there, Philly fans. Uh, Seth. This is Seth in the Midwest. I'm not sure Seth in the Midwest is from Philadelphia, but who knows? He goes, Jokic is a good player, but he can't defend well at all. Hold on a second. Hold on. Jokic can't defend well at all? Uh, again, go back to 538. Raptor says, second best defensive player in the league this year. But those are nerd stats. Vorp, this and that. Again. This is the natural evolution in statistics. No more points, assists, and rebounds, raw numbers. We figured out how to use numbers to really hone in on how valuable or good a player is. Ross Tucker. Oh, Ross, I love you. I really do. We have him on VEASAN all the time. One of the better NFL analysts out there. My sense is he's from Philly. Here, here's Ross. Ross, don't take it personally, but... He must be really good to win this award over Embiid. Looking forward to watching him carry the Nuggets through the playoffs. Again, he's not in the playoffs anymore. Big deal. He had such an awful team. The fact that they won one game against the Warriors is pretty impressive. And if you watch games three, four, and five, I don't know how your eyes, if you're always going off your eyes, I don't know how that doesn't tell you that he's the best player in the league, that he's the MVP. He had nothing. Aaron Gordon Worst number two scorer on any team in the NBA. Travis, not Travis. A lot can average 20 plus. Some can average 27, but not many got a 30 points per game on their resume. Okay. Um, D. Snyder, most valuable. So the Nuggets go 0 and 8 in the last two playoffs instead of 1 and 8 if they don't have him. Sounds like. It doesn't have much value to me. Well, you know what? Again, regular season. Uh, second of all, it would be awesome. I think if you put Jokic on the Sixers with Harden and Maxi, they've got every bit of uh, a great a chance, if not better, of winning the championship. I'm telling you right now. You pro a lot of the people that are saying Jokic think you watched, what, three playoff games maybe this year? That's all you saw of Jokic? Maybe a game or two against the Sixers? Uh, Joel Ray Ishman. Okay, Joel. No surprise, this is simply the result of non-athletes and non-coaches in the media voting on something they could never do themselves. So they go by numbers and analytics over actual talent and play. Well, I mean, isn't that how you quantify a player and his value? That you use numbers and statistics? Just saying. 
And last but not least, here's Tony in paradise. He's in paradise. Doesn't matter at this point. Everyone saw the Sixers without MV, uh, without Embiid. Everyone knows he's the true MVP. And if you didn't watch sports and only looked at the nerd stats, that's why you think the Joker is the MVP. Get out of here. Get out of here. Seriously. It, you know what I really want to see? And it's never going to happen. How great would it be if they rolled a Jokic and he's out in Serbia. What if they say, hey, Joker, come on back. We're going to give you a first class ticket. You come on back, bring your family. We're going to fly into Philly. We're going to give you the trophy before one of the Sixers playoff games. <laughs> that would be so amazing. All right, so here, just in summation, okay, to dumb it down for y'all that think Embiid is the MVP. And, and I don't want to take away from Embiid because these are what most of the arguments are from the Philly side. Jokic isn't this. Jokic isn't that. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. His team didn't do this. That's not what this is about. This is about the player being better than the other player. This is about the Joker winning. If Embiid lost, then fine. You could say, well, Embiid did all this, 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 and this. Not Embiid did all this and the Joker sucks. This, this is basically what fan reaction is to this. You know what? Good. Be upset. Drown in your tears. We get plus 650 in return for winning the award. Good job, Joker. Dancer. He doesn't even give a damn, to be honest with you. Maybe you'll get a little bonus check out of this. You think Nikola Jokic was really sitting at the end of his seat just saying, Oh, I hope I win the MVP. Nobody's got more value than Jokic anyways. He's the 41st pick in 2014. And now he's the best player in the world. Embiid was taking 38 spots ahead of him. Value. Joel Rush, you know him. He covers the Nuggets for Forbes. Joins me next. Front Range 4, I guess this was number one. I'll get into the abs still to come. Got to get into Game 4 tonight. and The, the issue with Darcy Kemper there. Uh, plus, we'll talk a little bit of Rockies, get you some NBA playoff notes and Nuggets. That is next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and you'll receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's talk with Joel Rush, Nuggets insider with Forbes. Uh, he and I have talked a few times here on the show during the season, and now it's come to fruition here. Joel, uh, Jokic going to be the MVP. Uh, I don't think they're going to roll him out there in the next Sixers home game to give him the award in front of that crowd, uh, although it would be very, very fun to watch. But talk to me here. We knew that he was the best player during the regular season, uh, and the numbers just back it up, right? They do, and it's not only the numbers. I mean, the the big pushback on it from the Sixers fans who you mentioned is that, you know, it's only a stats nerd choice, and it's all these VORPs and advanced stats and stuff like that that is the only reason he's getting it. But with Jamal Murray out and Michael Porter Jr. out, the way that he carried this team to, you know, they beat their over on wins. This, you're a betting site, you know, right? So, mm -hmm. like – it's incredible just what he's accomplished and 
you know, if you look at the differential when he's on the court and off the court this season, like he completely carried the team that, as we saw in the playoffs, maybe had very little business even making the playoffs <laughs> with the supporting cast that he had. Well, yeah, and I just read off a whole bunch of tweets on the show before I had Jan. Just reasons why Jokic shouldn't win the MVP as opposed to Embiid should win the MVP. What we're here. Let me ask you something. What stands out more to you? The player efficiency rating, highest of all time. The fact that he was the second best defender in the league, according to 538. Or uh, his 19 triple doubles and the 41st pick of the 2014 draft went 38 picks later than Joel Embiid. And I'd say that's more valuable too. But what's the most impressive thing from the Jokic season? Well, I think I might start with the uh, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists, which was the first time any player accomplished that in NBA history. And, you know, you can talk about advanced stats all you want, but that's just raw, you know, scoring stats right there, um, counting stats. So, you know, but also I, <clears throat> I believe he had the highest win share total in any single season in NBA history and the highest box plus minus, which is kind of, you know, a, a measure of your impact on the court when you're playing um, in NBA history. So he's just, you know, racking up historical accomplishments left and right. Um, it's like every, <clears throat> I tweeted this a while back, but it seems like just about every week or two, there's a new thing that Jokic accomplishes and the only guy to do it before was Wilt Chamberlain. So, you know, and he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's not doing that coincidentally. He's uh, a historically great player and he's proving it. So the other thing we hear is that, well, he didn't do anything. His team got swept or his team lost in five games in the playoffs. The first retort to that is it is a regular season award, right? Second of all, I kind of feel like if you put Jokic out there with Harden and Maxi and a couple of those other Sixers players, he would still be playing now, right? No question. Absolutely. And the last time he went to <clears throat> battle with a healthy team, they made the Western Conference Finals. So the notion that he's like, some kind of a failure in the playoffs is just pretty ridiculous. Yeah, what an absolute joke that is. It really is. Um, and there's just so, first of all, we're all happy here. If you, you tailed the pick, plus 650 on the Jokic MVP. Love that one. Uh, here's the other Dude, I got 1,400. Today that I, I'm just seeing all over the place. The guy was pulled for defense late moments of a game. Well, wasn't that just because the Warriors went to a smaller lineup and it would have been asinine to have Jokic in there? Yeah, and that whole thing is like, that, that's predicated on the assumption that Malone doesn't trust him to play defense, which is garbage. Yes. You know, um, it was a situational, like you said, uh, you know, moment in a one game, but... Um, he had, what, three or four game-winning blocks this season. Um, his even, – even people who criticize him acknowledge that, you know, his defense is vastly improved, which doesn't mean he's going to be winning Defensive Player of the Year anytime soon. But, you know, he is far better a defender than he was, like, three seasons ago. And that's really balanced out his overall case, um, you know, because he's just an offensive juggernaut. So – I don't know if anybody's going to come up to you today and go, Joel, I'm really upset about this Jokic MVP thing. Joel, I'm so upset. 
I'm so upset. Please explain to me as simple as possible, as simply as possible, why is Jokic the MVP over Embiid? Just dumb it down for people that don't understand advanced statistics. He had a better season. <laughs> Point blank. I, I mean, to, if you want me to put it really simply, like he's that's dumb. And that, yeah. That's not even to disparage Embiid at all or Giannis, who the, the MPV voting is going to be real interesting because if Embiid ends up as third, there's going to be a massive implosion on uh, Sixers Twitter. But um, I think that's quite possible because Giannis was, uh, you know, holding his <clears throat> own there too. But, you know, like it doesn't – to say like the first best guy had a better season than the second best guy, I mean, the second guy is still great, you know. Um, like I, I think it's being taken in such the wrong way that, you know, it's a slight or it's a diss or it's a – you know, somehow, you know, the NBA voters are trashing Embiid by not, you know, choosing him as MVP. But, you know, like if you finish in the top three of MVP voting, you're one of the best players in the league. Like, that's an honor. Yeah, it's an honor, right? And, and I told Jokic you, I'm like, was kind of in that situation yeah. three seasons ago, um, or depending how you count it, two seasons ago. But you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, I told you, I said, listen, I don't even know how much it means to, to Jokic at this point. And you kind of set me straight on that one, though. He does care. He said he doesn't care too much, but he cares, doesn't he? I think he cares, but he also doesn't see it as personally only his accomplishment. I think he sees it as a team award where he would not be able to accomplish that without the help of his teammates and coaches and training staff and all of that stuff. So I think... Uh, he, he would look at it as less of a personal honor and more of a shared accomplishment. But, um, but you know, I, I, think, I, I think his humility is real and his kind of I don't give a crap attitude about this is real. You know, he definitely cares less than Embiid, that's for sure. Um, you know, because Embiid was very vocal about wanting to win it and everything. But, um, but you know, I, I think he probably can, you know, I think in his first NBA uh, MVP speech, he said he considered it an honor to be acknowledged for, you know, that accomplishment and stuff like that. So I think he probably at least considers it an honor and, you know, something that on that level he could take some measure of pride in. But, I, I you know, does he go to bed at night worrying about if he's going to win MVP or not? Definitely not. Like, you know, that that's where, you know, he kind of, separates himself from a lot of the guys who really make a, you know, point about believing they deserve it. Hey, before we officially hit the off season, me and you, okay. I want you just to, cause I haven't talked to you since the playoffs. Uh, they were still in the playoffs. How are you going to remember the 21, 22 season when it's all said and done a few years down the line, back-to-back -back MVPs for the Joker. How do you remember this past season? Yeah, I might even want to roll it back to like a full calendar year because beginning with Jamal and <clears throat> Jamal Murray's injury, um, you know, because it's a whole big barrel of what might have been <laughs> that we'll never know, you know, um, or maybe we will know. Hopefully they roll back a healthy roster next season. But, you know, with 
Murray and Barton and, you know, everyone going out at the playoffs last year and then Porter going down this year in a year where, you know, we kind of were anticipating he would not fill Jamal Murray's shoes, but at least off balance the loss of Murray and only getting nine games from him and pretty bad games because he was injured. Um, you know, it just basically derailed championship hopes before they even had a chance to get off the ground. And it's just disappointing that, you know, in an MVP season for <clears throat> the best player in Nuggets history, that they weren't able to capitalize on that because of poor health. Yeah. And not only is he the best player in Nuggets history, I mean, this guy could ever manage to win a championship with back-to-back MVPs. I mean, you got to put him up there on Mount Rushmore at this point. Um, he's not there yeah, yet. I, I, that, that said, I don't want to be overly negative about it because I do think, you know, and Malone has kind of made this case before that he's very proud of what the team has accomplished despite all the injuries, despite all the COVID, despite, you know, all the adversity that they faced. And I, I would basically agree that he's got a good case to be proud of what they did because considering everything, the fact that they even finished sixth in the West um, is pretty remarkable. I'm with you. I think it is pretty remarkable. Joel, uh, what do you got going on for the offseason here? And plug everything you're doing. You do great work. Well, I write for Forbes Sports, and I'm on Twitter at Joel Rush NBA. That's kind of where I dwell, like many of us. Um, but, uh, yeah, for now, my biggest plan for the offseason is to pay a visit to Colorado, which, uh, you know, I'm – living here in Japan, but that's my home state. So try to get back there at least, you know, once a year, which has uh, been challenging in recent years for obvious reasons. But, um, but yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just really curious about what they're going to do, you know, considering do they really need a young player in the draft? And, you know, from what I've been hearing, it may not be the strongest draft anyways. Like it's one of Connolly's greater strengths is, you know, in his uh, kind of GM playbook, but, um, you know, I could see them leveraging that draft pick to try to bolster, you know, maybe their wing defense, for example, um, through a trade. Um, so I'm just really interested to see how they'll approach this off season. Cause there's a lot writing on it now, you know, like this season was pretty easy to write off as just like, we got decimated by injuries and there's kind of nothing you can do about that. But, the expectations are going to get ramped up a lot higher next season. And, uh, you know, I think it may be the most critical season of Tim Connolly's career. Ooh, it's got to be, man. It's got to be. This is the time next year um, because we don't know how long that window is open. So stay healthy, Joker. Get Murray and Porter back out there and things will do well. Joel, thanks so much for the time. Always appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for having me on. It's always a blast. You got it. I'm going to dig into the Avs next. We'll talk a little NBA playoffs, but game four, Avalanche Predators. Tonight, I'll discuss next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thanks again to Joel Rush for hopping on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Spent a lot of time on the Joker. Was expecting to lead this show off 
with the Avalanche. But boy, that Joker news is awesome. Let's get into some awesome news with the Avs too. Take a quick look at tonight's numbers before we do a quick recap of Game 3 because Darcy Kemper is a big story now. But if you want to back the Avs on the puck line, I feel like this is a pretty popular pick among some sharps that I'm talking with. Plus 102 on the puck line. Minus 250 on the money line. Again, 3 nothing Avs lead trying to wrap up the series in Nashville tonight. Minus 155 to win in regulation. So if you think this game doesn't go to overtime... Uh, minus 155 is the number there. Six and a half is the total. And Nate McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, plus 114 to score a goal, which is interesting because the first scorer, if you bet the first scorer tonight, $25 or less. So you get up to $25 back if you bet the first scorer and that first scorer ends up scoring a goal later in the game. I think it's a no-brainer for McKinnon at plus 1050. You're getting 10 and a half to one. Uh, McKinnon's also plus 114 to get a goal. He scored in each of these games. He's got four goals so far. So it'd be surprising if he actually didn't. I think there's another interesting bet. I'm not going to bet this, but Kale McCarr to have more points tonight than Yosi Roman at minus 167. McCarr has two games with three points already and another one-point game. Roman has two points in a whole series. So 167 juice, not something I'm comfortable with, but if you are, that's a bet that I would dig into if I were you. And since we already know it's hockey playoff time, Bet Rivers also has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. So hopefully right through when the Avs hoist the cup. Throughout the playoffs, place three same game parlays of $10 or more on each round, and you get a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. So kind of think of this as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Create your ideal combo with same game parlays on the BetRivers app or BetRivers.com. You got to be 21. You got to be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Now, before we get into tonight's game, just go back to Saturday night. Gabe Landeskog was tremendous. So nice to have him back. Two goals, two assists, four points. McCarr had three points with three assists. McKinnon scored again. And the Avs scored four times on the power play. And, that, uh, and they scored another touchdown. 7-3 win. Darcy Kemper, though, he's almost certainly out tonight. He has extensive swelling. No damage to his eye. But the blade of Ryan Johansson, the Preds forward... It was just a freak accident. It went inside of a, a, a little slit in the mask. In college, in peewees, you, you can't do that. But in the NHL, they allow you a little more room. I've never seen it before, uh, and it wasn't on purpose. Come on. I mean, for any of you that think it was on purpose, it's almost impossible to do that. And Johansson was looking the other way. Penalty? I, it'd be nice. Yeah, hey, you knocked the goaltender out for at least the rest of that game and maybe this game and maybe another game. Who knows? But you're going to give him a high stick or something? Just I don't know how you apply a penalty to that. It was absolutely uh, – it wasn't on purpose. And, and Johansson said it too. He was sick to his stomach. And I'm sure that he was. Listen, this is a violent game. This is a – got to play with passion. But to think that Johansson could be that accurate – to inflict that type of harm, I, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. Uh, Jared Bednar did say at the swelling decreases that Kemper could still start or at least back up Pavel Franco because they had to ca call up the um, 
the kid from the minors. So listen, this is interesting. It's probably going to be Franco's. It should be. I think you just sit Darcy at this point. Pavel Franco's is really, really good. 15-5-1, 2.55 goals against, 9-16 save percentage. I mean, he was really good, and he was good in relief of Kemper, too. That's never easy. Game three comes in, 20 shots, just two goals in 40-plus minutes. So he stepped up. This was the whole thing during the regular season. A couple of alarmists were, oh, this is going to be a goaltending uh, controversy. No, but it's always nice to go into the playoffs here knowing that you can win a cup with either one of these guys. I mean, Kepper's earned it, but Francois has been great. Just great. Sit Darcy. Pavel is ready to go. Get the sweep in game four. We're close to catching that series bet, to cashing the series bet of minus two and a half games for the Avs. So they had to win in four or five. We got that at minus 117 on Bet Rivers. I'm thinking that cashes here. If not tonight, it'll cash in game five at home. But I like the Avs a lot tonight, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Now, Connor Ingram, remember Connor Ingram in game two? He was, I mean, he was Patrick Waugh-like. What do you have, uh, 49 saves? He gave up two goals in that overtime loss for the Preds. David Riddich came in and was awful. But then it seems like the Avs kind of figured out Ingram. And 41 shots by the Avs, he gave up six goals. So here's what I like. The Avs have covered the puck line in two of the three games this series. I look for the Avs just to close this thing out tonight. Hopefully we don't have to rely on an empty net goal at the end, but we might. Best bet tonight for the Avs, bet the puck line at plus 102. Best number out there you'll see right now is on Bet Rivers at plus 102. Everybody else has it at even money or maybe even, um, you know, my, I think I've seen a minus 105 out there. Don't, don't. Just go to Bet Rivers, bet the puck line. That's the Avs to win by more than one goal. So that was number two on the front range four. I guess the front range four is just all over the place today. The biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to the Rockies for the third story here. Rockies 16 and 12. 16 and 12. They are um, 16 and 12 and facing the Giants in San Francisco. So here's the Bet Rivers lines here. Rockies team total. I could not believe when I saw this because you rarely see a two and a half team total. Like two and a half? absolutely no respect to the Rockies offense. And I don't think it deserves it. Let's face it. They're not scoring on the road again. Uh, it's, it's, it's another frustrating thing to see. Carlos Rodon goes to the mound tonight for the, for the, uh, for the giants. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's been great. So they got to deal with him. Um, again, the Rockies have been horrible against San Francisco last year. They went four and 15. They were two and eight in san francisco colorado coming off that 2-1 series loss at arizona i mean at least they got a win there they scored five runs in one of the games but they were shut out yesterday and they only scored five runs in a whole series <laughs> it's not good this offense on the road man it is just brutal so here we go i got total runs by the rockies over the juices to the over two at plus 107 no i, I can't do it austin gomer to the mound for the rockies here Listen, the Giants' offense had disappeared for a while. Uh, Saturday, they scored 13 runs against the Cardinals. And the games before that, four games before that, they scored five runs. But now they've got Yastrzemski back. they got Lamonte Wade Jr. back. Listen, I lean toward the under in this game. 
The Rockies bullpen's been bad, though. I, I mean, honestly, I could see the Rockies not getting to two and a half runs, but I'm not going to bet an under at minus 134. You know, they give me even money at under two and a half runs. I'll take it, but boy, that just tells you how bad the Rockies offense is on the road. Then you combine that with Carlos Rodon, who's been one of the handful of best pitchers in baseball. No, 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 no. I think the Giants are winning. I'm not laying 250. I'm not hitting the run line at minus one and a half at minus 113, just in case, you know, the San Francisco's offense has not turned a corner. So it's a pass for me. I'll be watching the abs game at this time. Anyways, just wanted to give you guys and ladies a couple of pointers here or some notes on what's going on in that game. Number four in the front range for talking a lot of NBA playoffs here in town, NBA play, but, but hold on. There's no nuggets. doesn't matter. Whew, a lot of people love the NBA. We love betting on the NBA here. Second uh, biggest handle of any sport in Colorado. Celtics at the Bucks, Game four. Milwaukee leads this series two games to one. Celtics plus one. 212 and a half is the total. Home teams. Check this out. Home teams are 12 and two straight up. And against the spread this round. Home teams. So the Bucks. Basically, if you're going to do that, you might as well bet the money line. But. Celtics plus one, Bucks minus one. I mean, just at, at that point, the one point, is it really going to help you one way or another? I guess in extreme circumstances, it could. Uh, money line for the Bucks, minus 114. You know what? Lay the point at minus 109. Might as well. Uh, if you think the Celtics are going to win, minus 106 in the money line, plus one is minus 112. The under is 3-0 in the Bucks celtics series. Again, 212 and a half, which is interesting because I think there, there's a lot of money that came in moving the total from 209 and a half to 212 and a half. So that's interesting. Is it enough for me to bet it? Unders are three, you know, there's 65% clip this postseason. Somehow, some way, the Bucs have figured out how to just shut down Jason Tatum as much as you can shut him down. I mean, if Tatum had gone off for a 40-point game, I, I think this game goes over tonight. But the Bucs have shut him down to 20 points per game, 34.8% shooting. Uh, if any bet in this game, the under would be the play. If I had any bet in this game, the under will be the play. We'll see if this game gets off to a hot start. Uh, I can see backing the under if it gets, if it gets steamed up a little bit more. What that number is, I'm not so sure. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly what the target is in a live bet, but nothing really stands out right now with the exception of a lean toward the under. The other game, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are getting 10 and a half points now. Wow. This thing was at nine, nine and a half, 10. Now I'm seeing 10 and a half minus 110 on both sides. Warriors leading this series two games to one. You know, the Grizzlies were 20 and five without John Morant this season. Um, and I think there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the over. You know, here we go. We're at 223 and a half. Favorites with a line move in their favor. Let's go to that real quick. Again, this one went from nine to 10 and a half. Favorites with a line move in their favor. 22 and 10 against the spread, 69%. So if you just go by these short trends that we're seeing right now, you would go under in the Celtics bucks and then you would back the, uh, uh, the Warriors at plus 10 and a half. I'm not betting the Warriors at plus 10 and a half. I'm not doing it. I see this thing get down to six or seven. Then I'll start thinking about it. That's a live bet right there though. And the Grizzlies would have to get out to a big lead for that to end up cashing. 
and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday. If you've got uh, any questions for me, any thoughts, especially on the Jokic spiel that I gave you, hit me up on Twitter, at Holden Radio. Would really appreciate a five-star review and a nice word or two about the show, too. That would just melt my heart. And I want to thank everybody for hanging out today. Thanks to our producer, Steven, and, of course, my buddy, Joel Rush, covering the Nuggets. I'm Holden. This has been the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.